0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, head of content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. Now today, I'm joined by Prism InfoSec founder, Phil Robinson and David Adams, GRC security consultant at Prism InfoSec and we're here to talk about the do's and don'ts of risk management. Guys welcome to the show.
1: Thanks a lot Matt.
0: Hi. Hey guys pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, Could you both just introduce yourselves and and talk a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah hi there thanks for having us today Matt. Uh, I'm Phil Robinson director and founder of Prism InfoSec. Uh, I've worked in cybersecurity for 25 plus years, worked as a, uh, a GRC consultant, a pen tester, for my sins, and uh, I'm a, a PCI QSA, a, a Caesar and, and a CISP. Uh, and Prism InfoSec is a uh, is an organisation that helps many companies across uh, the UK uh, and Europe and and beyond in terms of testing the security of of their networks or cloud. Um, but we also provide consulting and GRC guidance, um, you know, governance, risk, and compliance guidance to. Uh, to our to our clients in terms of you know supporting them on their journey to, journey to cyber security maturity. I'll hand over to Dave who's a, who's a,
2: one of our uh, GRC consultants. Hi Mark, thanks for uh, hosting us today. Um, I form um, part of the governance risk and compliance team here at Prism Infosec. I have a involvement in governance risk and compliance going back 16 odd years beginning um, when I was in the um, armed forces. I support businesses both in the public and private sector um, on behalf of Prism Infosec, helping with everything from ISO 27001 compliance, Internet of Things assessments, NIST, and, and a lot of other major frameworks to allow them to increase their cyber security posture and um, remediate risks in, in that
0: particular sphere. Excellent. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for sort of taking the time today. Um, And I wanted to ask you both a little bit about risk management and how businesses should go about selecting that risk mythology. From your perspective, what should be the priorities here? So the
2: the key thing um, really is to understand um, the particular um, business environment because, you know, different industries, different sectors face different risks. Um, Phil touched on PCI when it comes to uh, managing card payments. Um, Other organisations are mandated using um, things like um, CAA Assure. So the aviation industry has its own particular set of risks. Um, Financial institutes are governed by different um, requirements. So really an organisation needs to fully understand its risk environment and that means it needs to understand its compliance with uh, regulation, um, legislation, contractual requirements, and also its individual organisational risk posture. So once it understands its threat landscape in those um, in that 360 environment, the actual choice of risk methodology um, is very rarely set in stone. It's important that an organisation adopts a risk methodology that meets its business needs. Now, you know, there are lots of frameworks out there, 27005, Octave, um, NIST, SP800, ISF, just to name a few, but there isn't um, a one size fits all approach. Some organizations, um, in particular some government organizations, are still required or advised to use methodologies which you may have heard of as um, InfoSec standard number one and number two. That's only for highly technical infrastructure environments. So the organization has to understand what its commitments are. Uh, and what its risk profile is before it actually selects a risk methodology. That said, uh, one-size-fits-all risk methodology might not fit all parts of the business. Organisations have to manage organisational risk, they have to manage health and safety risk, and some organisations will decide that they want to use a common risk framework because it's broadly understood within the organisation, the metrics and outputs are understood. But that in itself introduces um, a little bit of a curveball in that from a cyber risk perspective, they have to take into account the confidentiality, integrity and availability triad, which doesn't fit well with some of the broader um, risk methods. So those are the kind of considerations that an organization needs to take into consideration um, while um, applying a common cyber risk methodology.
0: Yeah, got it. So with that being said, you know, where are businesses going wrong these days then? So what can happen is there's a
2: combination of things without taking or addressing the comments previously um, raised. Sometimes an organisation will take on a risk methodology that they've inherited or perhaps that they're used to working with in another organisation. So because they understand it, they will introduce it and start working around it without actually being cognizant of whether or not it's producing the results that they actually need. So it's important that the risk framework is tailored to the business because if it is, it will provide accurate, timely, and relevant information that an organization can communicate and transfer into realizable and manageable outputs, i.e. need to be speaking in business speak rather than technical cyber speak to make sure, you know, that those that are responsible for managing resources, which, as we all know, all organizations suffer from a lack of to a certain extent. So they need to be able to accurately communicate that risk so that they can provide adequate resources to make sure that um, risks are mitigated to a sufficient level.
1: I think we've just got to make sure also that, um, you know, we don't make risk overly complex um, such that nobody uses it. You know, that's really, really important. Um, we've got to ensure that, you know, that, that the whole risk management framework, risk assessment, risk management is embedded across the entire organisation. Um, and, and it really becomes part of the company culture. So it's not just used only by, by risk teams. Um, you know, and one of the other important things to ensure is that, we're not seeing risk assessments and risk management as just a tick box exercise um, such that, you know, just to satisfy external or internal audits, um, you know, to gain certification. So obviously, as part of, you know, going through a, a common certification framework such as ISO 9001 or ISO 27001 specifically about security, um, you know, risk assessments are all, are all part of, you know, uh, mandatory requirements for those um for those uh, certifications and accreditations, so um, you know, but really those those certifications should should support the business. Um, you know, the whole um, it, it's making sure that um, going through that process and putting in a management system becomes intrinsic to the organisation, and we're not just doing risk assessments and risk management as part of you know an element of that to to you know to tick a box, and you know it becomes used to actually. Um, understand risk within the organization set the risk appetite etc and uh, and then manage those risks appropriately such that you know essentially the the business is doing good things and the c-suite can be assured that you know across the business you know good things are happening in terms of risk management
0: yeah i think i think very well said and i think it's interesting you say that because you know we, we speak to a lot of companies here and every single company that does well with their cybersecurity are those kind of companies that treat Risk management and cybersecurity as a company-wide issue and not just a security team issue. But what what is really important about how we kind of like facilitate that communication, how to kind of get that across. Um, so how can these security teams, you know, effectively communicate that risk to the wider business and to their C suite? So yeah,
2: to just build on um, what, what Phil was um, commenting is that it's important that risk is communicated, as I mentioned earlier, in a in a methodology or, or couched in, in words, which actually means something, you know, we see examples of um, risk methodologies using the RAG right status where, you know, a risk can be identified as a red 43. Um, it doesn't really convey the message properly to the C-suite team. Um, so it's important that the, the language is used, business um, savvy language, um, to make sure that the risk is, is properly understood and, and not over processed or applying a personal risk appetite to it because you know we all have different risk appetites and all of us can be kind of guilty of applying too much risk averse being too risk averse rather than risk open so it's important that it's conveyed in a way that they can identify that risk against the wider business risk because you know it's not all about cyber risk there are wider business goals and it's understanding how those risks can be managed to make sure that its primary aim, cybersecurity team's primary aim, is to support the business and support the business goals. You know, to allow the business to go where it needs to go, to make continuous improvements, to drive down potential risks, um, and help the organisation continue to grow and thrive.
1: You're absolutely right. We need to be, you know, clearly uh, communicating any, you know, risks, and as part of that, obviously, impacts and outcomes of you know that risk actually you know occurring in in reality, but you know some some risk could, could have been around for a long time, um, so uh, and you know they may may have just been identified. So you know we need to make sure that we're communicating those risks and clearly and you know in a in a calm manner. You know your your risk practitioner shouldn't be you know raising panic or alarm to the business. Um, should ensure that you know the fud the fear uncertainty and doubt doesn't. You know creep into communications um you know and uh, and we need to you know as dave said relate those risks in a in a very clear manner we're not all not everybody in the business is a risk practitioner or a security expert so you know it needs to be relevant to the business it needs to be you know communicated in 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 business language you know that is not overly technical and it needs to be, you know, um, proportionate to the risk and follow that methodology, which is you know, really why that methodology is important such that, you know, it's not be down to, to personal um, tolerances or, or, or interpretations. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it is you know, classified accordingly to those risk thresholds that have been defined within the, the actual methodology
2: and approach. And I think what that leads to is um, the senior management gains confidence in the output from the risk management team. And what that can lead to is um, more rapid assessment, evaluation and applying controls, Um, almost like uh, having canned responses because there are certain threats, certain risks which are prevalent across all businesses. So, you know, it gives the organization the confidence to be able to, as I say, produce canned mitigations so that um, risk delegation can be applied properly. So it's all not being escalated to the highest echelon. And it's been managed in accordance with um, the responsibilities of different parts of the business.
0: Mm. And in, in terms of like the enterprise, how do you feel like the risk management space has developed over the last few years? Like, do you feel as though companies are becoming more and more kind of receptive to these kind of issues?
2: I've seen, uh, and I'm sure Phil has as well, um, over the past 10, 15 years and, and beyond, that cyber risk, um, is growing in maturity, definitely. There's still room for improvement, definitely. Um, but we are seeing organisations and organisations that we have a relationship with, we, we see them developing in the risk um, cyber risk space. Um, there are still instances where cyber risk on a risk register is looked at once a year, um, you know, and, and it isn't as um, proactively, um Chased as, as, it, as it should be, but as I say, um, there are lots of examples out there of organisations that are demonstrating a desire to meet a certain level of maturity. Now, that could be whether they use um, a particular framework. You know, there are lots of good frameworks out there which are control-based. Um, you know, beginning with Cyber Essentials provides organisations with a level of internet facing um, security basic controls uh, for best practice and, do, and developing on that, there's organizations that want to put an information security management framework in place, which includes managing risk. And then you have um, even more um, and involved and developed um, frameworks, such as um, NIST, um, NCSC, CAF, um, lots of control-based frameworks, which provide organizations with a good starting point Um, because they have a lot of baseline controls in there. And it really helps them along the path and helps them to remediate, at least identify and cut out a lot of the known um, cyber risks that are out there. Now, clearly, you're never going to catch all of them because it's a rapidly evolving environment, which is why we need to avoid doing one time or, or annual risk assessments. The risk assessment procedure needs to be proportionate, but it needs to be dynamic. Uh, Every time you um, consider a change in your business um, direction, every time you're taking on new services, um, you need to be thinking, am I introducing or am I remediating a risk here? And that involves including SMEs within the organization in in those risk-making decisions, whether it's your IT team, whether it's your data protection team, whether it's third parties that are going to be providing you with cloud-based um, or other um, technological services, so that you can arrive at an accurate risk picture for the endeavor you're trying to actually um, complete. So it's not something that we need to be doing every day, but we need to be looking at it and saying, has it, does this risk still exist? Have we mitigated it? Um, have we removed it all together? Um, by doing that at a constant rate, Um, You keep on top of the risks. Um, You keep everybody involved, as um, Phil touched on uh, earlier. It needs to be involving everyone within the business because everyone within the business can inadvertently or deliberately introduce risk, cyber risk. So it's important that everyone's aware of the ecology and also their role in uh, helping to mitigate cyber risk.
0: Yeah, got it. Very, very well said. Um, David and Phil, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the EM360 podcast today. Thank you very much. I hope it was helpful. Thank you. Cheers. Absolutely, it was. And uh, thank you to everyone else who listened as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast, but for further information on what we touched on, please head on over to prisminfosec.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com.